How you doing, everybody? And welcome back to the Ski Rex Media Podcast. I, of course, am Tim from Ski Rex Media. Thank you for joining me today. Whether you are watching the video version or listening to the audio-only version, uh, hashtag watching. Thank you for joining me. Um, yes, last week there was not a new episode. I wanted to make sure the Hall of Fame episode um really got pushed you know i wanted people to see that because i thought it was really cool going being able to go to the hall of fame induction gala um and really getting to see that up close and personal and this is kind of today's interview is kind of an extension of that and i tell that story during the interview after at the beginning of the interview portion so i'm gonna let that stand if you want to know how this is connected to this episode is connected to the hall of fame episode listen to the actual interview um and today's interview um is with seth ehrlich from sos outreach and we'll get into all of that when we get to the um interview portion of the show um but first the shameless plugs because that has to be done follow ski rex media um everywhere you can you can go to ski and find all the information you need plus the new ski which will be debuting shortly i have a design for my website picked out and ready to rock and roll and i think you're gonna like it i like it i just have to finish up some of the coding and it can go live and that's kind of awesome ski and you can find all the information you could ever want for ski media Plus links to the Ski Rex Media social pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Ski Rex Media at all of them with no spaces. You know how that works. The little at and then Ski Rex Media across all of those um, as well. Plus the YouTube channel, um, Ski Rex Media as well. There you search Ski Rex Media on YouTube and you will find it. Um, there is more than just the podcast. Not a lot more, but enough to notice. Some shorts, some other vids, things to check out. I think you should check that out and subscribe if you're interest If you're interested. Then there's skirexmediamerchshop.com if you would like some Skirex Media merch, kind of like the one I'm wearing today. Um, and you can check that out as well. And then the Patreon page, you can check that out as well. Um, all of that goes to supporting Skirex Media and have it continue as an entity for your enjoyment. And I hope you do now. Now that, this, that those shameless plugs are out, I hope you're still with me. I actually got through them really quick to, to that time. Um, you know me. I love to meander through the shameless self-promotion. It's fun. Um, today's interview um yes we have another interview as we come closing into the season i think we're gonna have interviews right to the end um of this season and uh today we're talking to seth ehrlich now he's the executive director over at sos outreach uh an organization geared around um engaging children in mountain sports and the lessons that can come from those um it's actually really interesting the scope of the program is ridiculous like i had no idea they were doing the numbers that they do and doing it as well as they do but talking talking to seth who's very passionate a lot of fun to talk to great guy um we're gonna have him back on it's gonna be awesome um he was was great i really enjoyed this interview and i think you will too it's informative it's interesting it's something you can maybe get into yourselves as you'll find out into the into the programs and the organization itself and you can um because they are nonprofits, so they do fundraising and they have volunteers so it might be something you can get into so enjoy now um, my interview with Seth Ehrlich. It's a great interview. And again, the story as I teased about how I met Seth, that's coming up and how that's um, how that um, uh, ties in with the Hall of Fame ga gala. It's all next. I just see I got through the shameless plugs well and I just, you know, tripped over my own tongue and lips on that one. So here we go. Me and Seth talking about SOS outreach. Enjoy the interview. I think you will enjoy the rest of the program and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. So today, and I think the first story we're going to talk about, I mean, we're going to talk about what this man does, but I think the first story we're going to talk about is how we met, because I, I love that story. I think it's great. <laughs> Seth Ehrlich from SOS Outreach. How are you today, sir? I am great, Tim. Awesome to see you. Uh, again. Uh, I know. I, it was just a week and a half ago. That's what I can't quite understand. I mean, it literally was just a week and a half ago. Was it only a week and a half ago? It seems like so much longer to me. I don't know. Yeah, I know. But that was a that was a busy, crazy night. So Seth and I had uh, the pleasure, the shared pleasure of sharing uh, the dinner table with the Poppin family at the um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Ski and Snowboard Hall of Fame induction gala this year. Dude, how awesome was that? How much fun was that? I mean, it was first to have everybody back together was just incredible and to have an actual like in-person gathering and a chance to just connect with people and share the passion that is skiing and snowboarding in person 
too often uh, over the past two years, those events have just been canceled. So to have it back together in person was amazing. And then there isn't a better person who I've met in the industry to recognize in Sherman Poffin, who founded the Snurfer and really kicked off what is snowboarding uh, uh, so many years ago. Uh, so to be a part of his family and uh, celebrate him being inducted uh, posthumously into the hall was a really special night for me. Oh yeah, it was it was awesome, and that family is ridiculously awesome. <laughs> Some of the nicest people they were there having a good time, dude. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just and and uh, and talk about location. I mean, oh. I've never been to Bretton Woods. Well, that place is is wild. Yeah, it's I've never I didn't ski it that weekend. Like I know a lot of people. Did you get out to ski it with everybody I did or not. no? No, no, I, I, I did not. Okay, so a lot of people did, um, you know, and they did things with Dan Egan, who was there. They did things with Holly Flanders. Seth Westcott was there snowboarding, showing everybody how to do it. They all went snurfer, and they all did it, but they're all pros. They they can do anything. Um, but, man, that the hotel, Omni Mount Washington, dude, gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous place with a, with a view. Like, are you kidding me? excuse me um yeah it was great the place was like a maze i got lost i actually asked holly flanders how to get to where we were supposed to be um she happened to walk by i saw her i was like holly talking to her like i know her like i had interviewed her prior but i was like eh. i was like so you know where you're going right she's like of course i'm like good because where is it because i don't know all right so it was fun. We had a good time. We met. We started talking. Um, we actually have another story, which I'll get to. I have a prop here today. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Um, uh, but Seth, yeah, well, I told you about it already but uh, at the dinner, and I'll bring yeah. it up again. Um, but Seth, let's get into S <clears throat> excuse me again, SOS Outreach. Let's tell, talk about who you are, what you do, and then what the organization does. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Seth Ehrlich, Executive Director of SOS Outreach, and uh, I've been with the organization now over 15 years and just absolutely love being a part of this uh, uh, organization and the work that we're doing. Uh, I'm based in Colorado, and so just west of Vail, Colorado. Uh, and we are SOS Outreach. We're an organization that uses the power of skiing and riding, the power of being on the mountains to build strong relationships between adults and kids uh, that promote long-term success. And so we are providing a program that starts in fourth grade goes to high school graduation and beyond. We now uh, in, in, in integrated an alumni network uh, with progressive engagement in the mountains, service to the community and leadership development. And again, it's all through the sharing of the passion for being up on the mountains. Uh, for me, uh, oh, well, uh, just sorry for the organization uh, to give you a scope. We engage 3000 kids across 15 locations. And so we're predominantly in the Pacific Northwest, Mountain West, and then the Midwest for our areas of operation. And we work with 24 mountain resorts to host our kids. All of the service and leadership development happens in the communities where our kids live. That's now that's great. And I, I always promote, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't mean to sound disinterested there. <clears throat> I am so dry today. Isn't that awful? Um, pardon my unprofessionalism or non-professionalism, everybody. Um, so 24 mountains, a lot of kids like, and, and I say, get them started early. Anyway, we all say that we all see the little rockets going, ripping down a mountain. Um, and, but I, I, that's a lot. I had no idea the organization was that big. So that's a lot of growth over 25 years, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 28 years now founded 28 in 1993 years. and we have engaged over 85,000 kids, uh, since we started across our program. And it's all been, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's all through this really unique thing. You know, I mean, being on sure. the mountains are such passion-based activities. And for us, you know, the mentoring relationships that we're providing go so much further because of the mountains, because the kids want to be there, the adults want to be there, and they get to mentor both of them. So mentor and mentee get to connect through something they both are passionate about. And that enables the, the mentor to take the conversation further. So being able to talk on the chairlift about what happens after high school, uh, those conversations come up naturally because of how closely they're connected. And then for SOS, we're layering in a really intentional curriculum that is engaging our kids in the community through service, um, that's investing in our kids to develop their leadership, and then gives them an opportunity when they reach high school to be leaders in our program. So they actually work with the kids who are just starting to deliver the curriculum. And it is this full circle program 
all comes back to the outdoors and leveraging this impact so that our kids are more likely to thrive as they move forward through their lives. That's so great. In my opinion, like that circle, just like you start out, you grow through the program, you know, from little kid to big kid, and then you start teaching the next generation and then it comes through the next generation. That's incredible. And it's so much incredible to think of 28 years now. There's like how many generations of kids have you gone through? My goodness. Tim, you want the wildest thing that happens for me. Well, one, so two things. One, we have uh, 15 program graduates who are now full mentors for us, five program graduates who are working with us, um, one of them full-time in the office. I mean, it's just incredible to have the people who have come up through the program engaging in the delivery, you know, actively leading in the organization. The other wild thing happens, and this is now it's happening more frequently, is parents who went through the program who are at graduation with their kids. So their kids are now the second generation going through SOS in the same household. And, and you'll, you'll meet these parents and they say, you know, I'm here because of this program, because of the experience I had. I felt more a part of this community as a result of knowing that the mountains were for me. And I just couldn't wait to provide this for my kids. And I'm here at this graduation and I can't believe when I was in this same room, you know, however many years ago it was. Yeah, actually, it's funny you say that because I was about to bring that up. Like, do you have kids who became parents who have kids? And then, I mean, 28 years, you're not quite there to have grandkids yet, but you're getting close. Like, We have one. No, we did have one this year. We did have a grandkid <laughs> this year. So it was a, it was somebody who was in our programs very early on. They sure. were a high school senior. Um, so they were in one of our older groups of, of, of participants. And they had a grandkid in Summit County. And so they were at the graduation in, in Breckenridge. And they this is the third generation who has gone through our programs. And you just talk about like voting with your feet. Yeah. It says we're doing something right. And I just love, you know, I cherish the opportunity that I have to be in this organization and the people who I engage with, the mountain resorts who make it all possible. I mean, it really is this powerful community around the mountains. And we are creating significant change together. That's up to grandkid man that's yeah, i mean I <laughs> it's it's a mind-blowing thing anyway if you can keep an organization like this and again you're not not profit right you have a dot org in the website yeah okay so, so non profit yeah non-profit like you hear some of the big ones that have gone you know who have stayed around a while and i'm not saying that your your organization isn't popular because obviously it is look at the numbers you're doing but snow sports in general are not the most popular in mountain sports and stuff you know we're not football basketball hockey you know, nba nhl mlb and soccer they, you know whatever the four big ones um but you've done so many awesome things and so much good work that's that is incredible now um as a child what goodness we probably should have gotten one uh, to come and tell us but what's it like for them meaning what does the program consist of say they come into um at like whatever age you start um I, so do you guys start from like so age start zero fourth, uh fourth grade fourth so grade. fourth grade for us and that has been a big window for us of uh, the engagement because it then sets us up so fourth grade is the introductory program uh where they're mm -hmm. learning they get five days on snow five days of professional instruction, all of the jackets, pants, goggles, gloves, hats, all of the hard goods that they need for those five days, and then a core value curriculum. So really focusing on character development through those five days of the program. Uh, and then that sets us up fifth through eighth grade. So in those four years, particularly in the, the I mean, those are really challenging years for kids, big transitions sure. happening uh, in transition to adolescence. And Fifth through eighth grade is our mentor program. So that's where kids are getting a season pass. They're getting the hard goods. There's five organized mountain days through SOS. And then there's five to 15 days, depending on what year they're in, of service or leadership development. And it's a progressive program. And then in high school, the kids are junior mentors. And so they then come back and they're paired with a mentor who's working with a fifth or sixth grader. And they're delivering the curriculum alongside the adult mentor. And um, one key thing, to, as, as we talk about kids um, in that fourth grade enrollment for us, uh, we work with schools and youth agencies. And so this is a big differentiator for us. We're not an open enrollment program. 
Okay. So we're not recruiting 3,000 kids individually. We recruit 100 youth agencies or schools. So big brothers, big sisters, boys and girls club in metro areas, uh, school districts in the mountain communities. And so we're recruiting 100 teachers or 100 counselors who then they know the kids who can benefit the most from this program. And also they are able to bring the lessons of SOS back into the classroom. They're able to bring the lessons uh, of SOS and the character development and the community that we're fostering back into the after school program where they're seeing kids three, four, five days a week. Nice. And this is after school, not in lieu of, because it sounds like there's so much to do. How do you get it all done after school? Yeah, so this is all after school that we're running uh, all of our activities. After school or weekends uh, for the okay. activities. And so it's all, you know, uh, uh, of course, our mountain days are uh, in the evenings if there's night skiing or riding available or on the weekends. And we schedule for the off-peak weekends. Uh, and then for any of our service and leadership, you know, we're using community colleges and libraries and rec centers to host these workshops and schools um, and then service days we're scheduling with service partners to do community food drives or otherwise so that our kids see themselves as having the capacity to lead in the communities and to transition from receiving services to being able to provide them and really seeing themselves as part of these communities that they're that, that they live in and that they call home and they're really proud to be in that's that's awesome because to me like when when you hear about a program similar no i can't even really say similar but you hear about after school on mountain programs especially with snow sports kids are skiing snowboarding you know and that's it just generalized these kids are not just learning that they're applying it to what sounds like real world scenario and actually learning something like yeah it's after school but their education is absolutely continuing tim you're hired that's exactly. I, so that's exactly it. I mean, that, and that that is the <laughs> unique advantage when it comes in to these sports. Like they're just when you pick it up, you know. Me, I will go up on the hill any day that I can because I love it so much. And when you go through and have the right supports of the right equipment, the right clothing so you're warm and dry, and professional instruction so that you learn how to do it uh, competently and successfully. I mean, it's so awesome what that opens up for your opportunity to start layering in a lot of lessons learned that play out through life. There's also the side of it when it comes into mountain communities where a lot of the kids who we work with are traditionally excluded from being up on the hill, like their, their families, you know, whether due to financial reasons or they just do not see themselves represented on the hill and for them to feel and to see and to be a part of this community that in and of itself opens the horizon significantly for them to say, oh, now that I know that the mountains are for me, what else is available for me? And we see kids make that connection all the time, whether it's going on to four-year college and they're first in their family to go to school, but they now see, oh, what everybody else is doing, I can do too. That's that's just mind-blowing. A, I'm hired. That's mind-blowing well, too. I haven't you. had to apply exactly. for a job in years. But um, no, but kidding aside, man, that's... It, it for I think one of the general issues snow sports has is that people don't see that it's for them. And because it's not always the most accessible, like if you live in Miami, getting up here isn't the easiest thing in the world to do all the time for a ton of different reasons. And now you're getting them and showing them that, hey, it is as awesome. We all love it. Here's why. That's great. They're learning their lessons. That's great life lessons. And these are now. It's something you alluded to it, but I just want to uh, put a finer point on it. These aren't just kids from mountain towns. You know, these are city kids, too. Yeah. Mm, so we have uh, mm, we work in uh, 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 Detroit, Minneapolis, Chicago, uh, Seattle, Portland, uh, Salt Lake City, Reno and Denver uh, for areas operation. And then in mountain communities, we are uh, White Pass in Washington, um, Steamboat, Leadville, Durango. Uh, the Vale Valley, uh, Summit County, which is Breckenridge and Keystone area uh, uh, and Copper area, um, and then uh, for mountain communities. So we have a mix of both of, of the approach. And to your point on the accessibility, I mean, this is a big thing that, yes, there absolutely is the issue of uh, uh, proximity, you know, being in Miami or otherwise or access. And a lot of people also come into this accessibility 
conversation from the standpoint of of you know cost you have to buy the gear you have to have the clothing and yes that's certainly there however there are a lot of ways to mitigate that and there are a lot of ways to address that and and it's uh, it's amazing what you can make happen um particularly if you start working in the industry you know your access to discounted gear and your access to free passes is 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 open for you um the big side thing that we see uh and that i really see is you know the industry it, there's a big barrier to entry just from the physical like there's no start here sign I mean, yeah. just think if it's your first day going up to any mountain, sure. like everybody knows where to do what to do. Everybody mm-hmm. knows like change your boots in the car and we're going to walk here and we're going to put our bag over here. Like if you have never been up to this place or never been to any place like this, like you don't know the cadence and it's, and we say lift tickets and we say rent, like, what does that mean for someone who has never done this before? And so there's just that barrier to entry. And then when you aren't seeing people like yourself, when you're not seeing anybody who's struggling, how do I carry this stuff and where do I go? It is a really difficult space to get into and to feel a part of the community. And then once you do, you feel part of the community. I mean, you're in, but we have to, we, we have to be intentional about that inclusion aspect to get over that initial hump. And then once you are, it's amazing what can happen through the power of the outdoors. Absolutely. And uh, you know, that's an interesting thought talking about the entry barrier to entry that way. Like, you know, we live it. It's, yeah. it's now hab it's a habit, you know, yeah. not in a bad way. It's just like you go to mountain a, B or C granted the layouts are different, but generally it's you just out of zombie focus just like there's the ticket window there's the lodge there's the lift and that's it you're done no thought no whatever you know it's not and i know people make fun of noobs sometimes and they're like look you can tell because they're walking around in a circle that's not cool man it's time to push those people toward the lift you know like exactly this way you know we do that whole thing like the people who don't know instead of like helping and in engaging and welcoming. And so that's before you even get people who think that this is for them. I mean, so the people who are showing up and they're the ones who show up as, as never been there before, but they're interested, you know, the kids who we're working with, a lot of them, this isn't even on their radar screen. Like they know that their parents work as the backbones of the community, but yet they don't see this as being an, a, a, an opportunity for them. Yeah. Uh, well, since you brought it up, the accessibility, and in this case, um, you know, proximity, um, as, and this also will speak to the, how, how much expansion your will, your group is, your organization, I mean, is willing to go, um, as, um, corporations like Alpine X start to come online and start building their facilities, the indoor facilities, um, John Elmery and Alpine X shout out yep. to them as they, you know, building Fairfax peak in Virginia. Um, and the couple down in Texas just got announced. Are you going to be looking to get into that as well? Because that one of the big driving forces behind the indoor movement is accessibility. You could put one of these things, bam, downtown Denver, and then a not have to travel up I 70 and B it's, there for everybody like is that would you expand into that and push that as well or would that fit with your organization uh we're we're certain so we've we've started uh we started there's a a a group shredder ski uh which is out of denver and so they have uh five or six facilities in denver and it's been awesome i mean talk about the way to reduce so we we had a seen it yet as a replacement to our programs what we've seen it as an opportunity to augment what we're doing um you know the ability to do first day and get into equipment and to be to do our trainings in this space where they're part of the culture i mean you you can't be better part of the culture than to be in an indoor facility that's that that is that's a dry land facility with all the gear hanging and everything else so we've really seen this as a great add-on to where we are um, in terms of other locations, you know, as you talk about Fairfax or Texas or otherwise, I mean, for us, there's significant opportunity within the communities where we are and we're really focused on how to extend our impact as far as possible um, because we have such great opportunities. And so we are really looking at growing our impact and increasing our reach in the communities where we operate and with the kids who are currently engaged in our programs. Nice. Uh, dude, that would be great. I would love to see 
SOS just come kind of sweeping into New England yeah. because, you know, New England kids, that's what we do. Like, yeah. especially as northern and more rural New England kids, not, you know, I mean, the city kids, too. But, uh, you know, obviously, uh, those of us who grew up here in the woods with 40 or less kids in our graduating classes, we uh, <laughs> my sister's class had eight kids. Can you believe that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Teeny weeny. Yeah, but good. 400 somewhere in there. See, yeah, us rural kids, you know, this is what we know. This is what we like. So we do all this stuff anyway, but to get, you know, to push it and really sp help spread that love of everything. Um, but that's also not snow sports. My next question is, is this uh, just snow and winter sports oriented or do you all work, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for off in off season sports too, hiking, mountain biking, so on and so forth? So we do, uh, and, and we do this in partnership. So this is, uh, you know, for summer. So we have rock climbing programs, we have hiking programs, camping programs and wilderness trips where we work with existing agencies. There are a lot of really strong groups, for-profit and non-profit uh, efforts in the summer space. And so we'll work with mountain resorts who have dirt camps and mountain bike camps. And so we will direct our kids into those camps. We'll bring the curriculum, our team will be there. However, they're running it because this this is what they do all day, every day. Um, and it, I mean, the Woodward's examples, I mean, there's just a lot of great programs when you get into the summer space. So we are doing a lot of summer programs and a lot of those are in partnership with Tahoe Rim Trail Association, um, our resort entities, um, we're taking kids hiking. I mean, all kinds of different activities that we're doing to maintain the engagement. And that's the core focus for us is how do we maintain the engagement um, so that we're really successful through our winter and school year based programming. Very good. Excellent. Uh, well, to bring it back around, um, excuse me again, Jeez, um, to bring it back around to winter sports, because I don't know if people have noticed this, but we're not just we're not only talking and I don't know why this popped in my head, but we're not talking about necessarily competitive kids like these aren't the kids who are going to be i mean one of them may be the next michaela Schiffer, and who knows but this is also rec this is recreational skiing this isn't high-end competitives yes correct our focus I, I mean we're starting in fourth grade and most of the kids who start in our program are beginner uh, many of them are never evers and so we're really working with the kids who have not been a part of the culture and not been a part of the mountains uh, sure. in their family and in and, and, and their upbringing and using the sport to create strong outcomes in their lives. And it really is. I mean, yes, it's all through the sport. Yes, the sport matters. However, we're not engaging in the competitions or otherwise we have had a few kids who go into the academies uh, and we're supporting them in their scholarship applications and we're working with them to to, to make that happen uh, that's not though the focus of the organization I mean the kids who come to us I mean this is really a youth development organization that uses the the, the outdoors as our as our as our primary hook and engagement uh, but we are really working with the kids who are socially isolated. And those are the kids who do, um, who excel the most through our programs. You know, who are those kids who have experience with bullying, low academic engagement, um, single parent households. I, I mean, really kids who are facing social isolation and providing them this amazing community that supports them through, plus the confidence that happens through doing an activity you've never done before. Excellent. Excellent. And, and one of the reasons I did want to bring it up, and it's great, again, that you very put a very fine point on what you do. I think that's great. That's awesome. And I want people to know what it is and what you do. I think it's awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I lately here at Skier X Media have been uh, not working directly with kids, but going to, you know, slope style competitions, big air competitions, seeing racers and slalom kids. But these are academy kids. These are kids who are going to school and they do their schoolwork and then they're out. They, their day doesn't stop until they've hit a course. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure that that line was drawn. <laughs> what you yeah. do versus that stuff, um, which is yes. a completely different entity. And we'll be talking about that later on. Um, on the yeah. Skier X Media podcast on another day. Um, amazing. Yeah. I mean, for for some of our kids, you know, some of our kids really take to it. And by years two or three and above, I mean, they are using that season pass and the equipment and they are out 60, 70 days a year because of where they live in the community. They figure out the bus service. They really take to the program. Others of our kids go all the way through fourth grade through high school graduation. And they only are on the mountain five days a year because of 
SOS on the SOS sure. program days. And they're all about the community component. And we, our whole thing is a space where all of those, uh, everybody belongs. Whether you're out there and you're an expert or you're working with a beginner or an intermediate, you can come together as a group and the expert can be the one leading the group or can be the one who's teaching and instructing so that they really see themselves as part of the community. It really is about everyone being able to enjoy and be a part of the mountains. Excellent. And I, that's actually one of the things we connected on at the yeah. um, hall of fame is Seth asked me what I do. I was like, I ski Rex media, media guys, freelance journalist. But my, I, the put the idea I push is that it, we do this. Everybody can. And everybody I shouldn't say should like everybody should do it. I think you should try it. Cause you're going to like it. You're going to like something, you know, but it's a lot of fun and we love it. And, um, you know, we push it. Um, now, but to now to that point of every, you know, snow sports are for everyone. It doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, what you do. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just come do it. It's fun. Um, now, does this include something uh, that's big and something I've talked about here? Does that include adaptive kids? Does that worked into your organization as well? Uh, we're not uh, qualified for adaptive work. Qualified. And so we do direct kids to, there are some amazing adaptive programs and we work with them and have relationships in our communities to direct kids to. We do work with kids with special needs though. I mean, uh, uh-huh. we have a, a number of kids in our program who, ha- who are on the spectrum, uh, uh, autistic spectrum who need additional support uh, through our program. So our traditional model of one mentor for four kids um, will then work. I mean, we have counselors who come out to some of our program days uh, to support uh, kids in different communities. And it really is amazing what can happen through this. So yes, on the the opportunity to work with kids with needs and uh, when it comes into physical needs, we're just not set up for that to, to, to be successful. And we really leave that to the experts in the adaptive space. Yeah, a- absolutely. And that's that that's totally cool. Yeah. Like uh, I hope nobody yeah. takes that away from like we don't do that. Like no, you need training skill equipment. There's it, equipment. I, I, we can't get to, you know the people who have the sleds and all of that. We they need to be doing that. We uh yeah. It's yeah, it's a whole it's other a, world. It is. And it's amazing the programs that are out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it is incredible what can be done and what, what technology has done to get people out there, not just on snow, but just on the mountains and into the mountains. Anyway, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. I, I was actually out this, this morning, uh, taking runs locally and, uh, there was a, a, a sit skier out there. So there you go. Like it's, it's out there, it's around, but you do need the training you do need the equipment you do need it's a whole other world like i would i don't know anything about it um you obviously must know a little bit about it i've talked to someone from a vermont adaptive she obviously knew a lot about it but <laughs> that but she's in it you know it's a whole other thing i don't know nothing um i don't know anything pardon me my poor speech um but that's good and you do direct you do direct them to where they could go and that's like they're helping one way or the other, man. Like you, like your organization seems like you are there. If they call you up, if you can't do it, you could point them into a direction to get it done. I, I, our program team, and this is what I am humbled by every day. I mean, our program team, one has uh, such significant passion for the youth involved in our programs, uh, but they're also, and they're uh, extremely connected in their communities. And so they are going to, ensure that if somebody needs help they will work with you to figure this out excellent because it's always easier when someone knows even you know like i said like i joke a lot a lot but i don't know anything about this so if i were to call them up now granted i'm in new england so until you all do spread into new england it wouldn't be you you can still call us up we'll get you connected we can do that and there you go yeah whatever you need (laughs) there's i I, don't hesitate there you go see this this is I'm always impressed. Anyway, just outside of skiing, snow sports, ski racks, media, Tim himself is always impressed with a well-run, efficient, knows what they're talking about, organization, company, what have you. And SOS seems to have it down. Now, my next question, I'm going to put it bluntly brutal, but it's just the simplest way. It's just the simplest way to do it because it's going to sound kind of jerky, but I don't mean to be. Who's paying for this? (laughs) Or how does that work? And I, obviously, you don't have to get into the actual financials yeah. and all that stuff, but just how it would 
you, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are uh, fund. We fundraise significantly for these programs. Um, okay. The largest part of our budget is in-kind goods and services. So this okay. is jackets, pants, goggles, gloves, hats, mountain resorts for lift tickets, rental equipment, instruction. And so really working within the industry to leverage what they do better than anyone. So we would rather have, you know, jackets because that's what companies make, uh, uh, you know, than a smaller cash contribution. I mean, really, if you make jackets better than anybody, it keeps our kids dry. And, and so, we, and then we'll outfit, we'll send our jackets out with one group in Portland and then, oh, well, actually we'll send them to Detroit because that's one of our early sessions. And then it'll come back and it'll go to Portland because that's one of our later sessions. So we're recycling gear throughout the year to get it out on, on as many kids as possible. But the in-kind is leveraging and we're leveraging corporate relationships for that because that's really the grease that makes the programs run. And that is about two thirds of our, uh, of our budget. It's a $5 million organization. And about two thirds of that is in-kind goods and services. The rest of it, we're fundraising from individual donors, foundations, uh, so grants based on the impact of our programs, and then corporate sponsorships. Uh, and so there is a big component of fundraising. And then the, the final quarter of our, of our um, not quarter in terms, but the final stool of our, of our um, funding is uh, uh, it, either the individual who's coming or the schools or youth agencies, there is a fee for service. And okay. example of this fee, it ranges from uh, $75 to $95 for a five-day session and from $100 to $150 for our full-year season pass program, mentor program. And we have an aggressive scholarship program in place. Uh, but yes, there is a fee for service associated with our programs that, as you know, is significantly less than what anybody else is paying in the industry. I was just about to say, you know, people hear the word fee and they're just like, oh, no. But then you said 75 yeah. to 95. I like, are you kidding me in this industry? That's dirt cheap. That's, that's five days of mountain. That's five days of curriculum. That's five days of jackets, pants, goggles, gloves, hats, five days of uh, instruction, uh, five days of hard goods, uh, so skis, snowboards. Uh, really everything that they need to be up there. And then when it gets into our mentor program, I mean, they're getting a season pass, you're getting the five days on snow, five to 15 days off snow, uh, a mentor who's engaged with you. Uh, and so it, it really, w there is a buy-in associated with everybody participating in a program. Our scholarship, we will not turn anyone away who qualifies for a program. Uh, we'll work with you. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Fundraising is a big component, and it's either through the industry and the in-kind goods and services, or it's through uh, fundraising of individual donors, foundations, and corporations who give cash to the organization. And then final part of our fundraising is uh, fee-for-service. Nice. Now, yeah, and again, that fee-for-service, that, that comes out to almost, I mean, relatively speaking, is not bad. Um, and God, a $5 million organization, I, I for the scope of what you do, for the amount of what, and again, I know 5 million bucks is an insane amount of money. Like I know that, but for the scope of the amount of kids of the people working in it of like, dude, you all got it down. Oh, you're only doing it for five mil. Like I figured that'd be uh, like a 20, 30, 40, $50 million run. Uh, yes, exactly. And particularly when you recognize that again, 5 million, but 3 million of that is in kind. Three million yeah. of that is not cash. That I mean, we can't sell like there's no, we can't sell anything that we're getting on that that fundraises for the organization. This is direct program offset expense. However, you know we're doing this work on 1.75 to 1.8 million uh, across 15 communities, and and it goes to. I mean, this is something that I believe very strongly, and has been the roots of SOS for 28 years. It's how do we streamline the impact so that we can maximize it and for our ability to reach 3,000 kids annually across 15 locations i am aligning the entire organization for how we go further because we have a significant opportunity and we're demonstrating it through our efficiency of cash yeah no that's that's awesome now since we bought up fundraising i want to have a little yep. fun here real quick this will only take a minute but okay. now you do it through various fundraising programs. Could you donate direct? Just yep. is that a possibility? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So on our website, sosoutreach.org, mm -hmm. uh, you can donate direct. Awesome. And have you ever sold a product? Say something like this. 
<laughs> for the um for those who are watching the hang on right on the other side of this wall i got two of those boxes right now nice so for those watching the video version i'll have to put a picture up this this audio only version this is a, the snowboard outreach society and this is segueing from fundraising to history so yep. i have a monopoly board i picked this up in one of the shops at stratton mountain in vermont <laughs> that's where i picked it up it's unopened it this was one of my collector boards um but it's got all kinds of different you know each of the properties the ski hill whatever but there it is sos snowboard outreach society yeah. this is on on you guys yeah so sometimes some of the funds comes from cool stuff like that then right exactly. uh, we have i mean as you know in the industry there are just incredibly cool people and organizations to partner with so we've done all kinds of things from rail jams to concerts to i mean you name it to sales like monopoly boards and goggles and glasses i mean it's just really fun to be in a space that's creative and for us to be able to have the impacts that we do i mean we we really are a high impact organization but we're working in just a fun creative space and so yes the, to the history point though uh we were founded as snowboard outreach society so we were founded as a snowboard based organization uh a snowboard exclusive and it was in the roots, I mean, in the early to mid 90s, I mean, there were a lot of talk of mountains banning uh, snowboards from their mountains. Vail was one of them. Yep. Uh, and and they were exploring, you know, whether or not to retain snowboards as a part of their mountain operations. And so the snowboard school got together and said, let's, there's an opportunity here. This sport's incredible. How do we put a positive spin on it? And so they started by doing competition. So the first snowboard competition on Vail Mountain was run by SOS and the funds raised then went back to the community as a thing to say, look, snowboarders can do good. Uh, but two years into that, it was quickly identified, hey, there's a better chance here. Let's get kids who haven't been up and let's teach them how to snowboard. And so we did a snowboard exclusive through 2007 and then went to SOS Outreach as we expanded into skiing and the summer engagement to the earlier question. I mean, it really is about using individual recreation to support kids to thrive excellent and that speaks to not only like again 28 years that's a good long time for any organization that's pretty good started out snowboard shows that snowboarding and skiing for those of us who live it there's not that <laughs> there's not that comedy music or comedy movie animosity that was back in the you know the 80s in the comedy movies the, the, back in the, the 80s the, and 90s well no the video that always comes up what was the inter the interview was that like ski cooper or something that always like circulates you know on on, on uh, about the yes yeah i can't remember it exactly either but i do know which one you talk about it's easy to find just you can find it yeah but that's not a real thing we we all have to shake hands and say hey if it weren't for one there wouldn't be the other and you know anybody who's been in this in the community long enough will give respect to the what snowboarding did for skiing you know it kicked skiing in the in the complacency backside because that's what it got it got complacent helped progress and bring it back around um and that's one of the reasons i got this monopoly board at stratton as seth said um <clears throat> excuse me snowboarding almost wasn't a thing at um real mountains stratton was the first to let them up on let let people up on the lifts you know jake burton rest in peace that was on him because that's where he was and that's why that is there that's why a midwest and western group had a monopoly board in a stratton shop so there you go it's a whole thing the history of it and it, it's come back around awesome obviously you do a lot of good work skiers snowboarders let's pop up the website sosoutreach.org i hit the wrong button where is it there come on there she is Yep. So when you pop it up, you'll see this. It has all the information you could ever want or need. Let's see yep. here. Come on, you. Yeah, it really goes into uh, who we are, what we do, uh, and the impact that we have. And really, it provides a great introduction. And you're seeing, you know, across our programs there in the pictures from summer activities to the winter activities and um, all about how to engage kids um, to gear up for life. You know, I mean, that that is our motto and tagline. Um, we're really, you know, dead set on leveraging the opportunities that we have through the outdoors, adult mentorship, and then character development to create change. Yeah, excellent. And it looks like, geez, even since the last time the site was updated, you've grown even at some point. My goodness. Yeah, we, we, we need a new infographic. 
yeah but still that says like man we're we're doing so much that we can't even keep up with it it's it's a lot of work yeah. and you do a lot I of good we're, things we're really focused on the work as you see uh, yeah this goes to you know your comment on the organization and and our budget utilization i mean we're really focused on doing the work and we're dedicated to it Excellent. Now, actually, coming back around to what we were talking about of where the funding comes from and how that comes out, um, does that also include volunteer work? Is that something you all have or do or don't do or because it's oh, any yeah. specialty? There's okay. over a thousand adults involved in our programs annually uh, from wow. 250 adult mentors. So there's 250 mentors involved in our programs, uh, another 250 volunteers uh, about 150 to 175 teachers, youth agency counselors, and that's before you even get into the instructors or otherwise. Wow. Wow. That's so many yeah. people. So we're, I mean, it, so when you start, like it's, it's, it's like a pyramid that's running, you know, here sure. I am and, and I have oversight across 15 communities, uh, program director, development director, you know, and then tiering from there, we have program leads in each of our 15 communities and then underneath our program leads are 50, 50 mentors or volunteers, you know, all these teachers, 14 teachers from this community or whatever that is, that then everybody is, it's, it's, I say pyramid, but really it's like an arrow that's just laser focused onto the needs of the kids. That's amazing. It's, it's just so many people and then done well. Like the amount of people isn't the mind boggling part. Um, it, it kind of is because again, Snow sports, mountain sports, not the most popular thing in the world, but this program and your organization, your programs, I should say, can rival the size and scope of almost anything. And you do it well. That's the mind boggling part, man. You do it well. Like it's so efficient. It's 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 just run. And I'm sure when you get into your daily work, clock in, clock out, I'm sure there's hiccups. Everybody has them. But for the most part. <laughs> It just straight and narrow, and that's awesome. So we've talked about the present and a little bit about the history. What's the future look like, man? Do you all have some scoops you want to throw at us? Something coming out? Something? Uh, future for us is is more engagement. The future for us is uh, uh, how do we connect uh, kids into careers, and how do we really support them beyond high school? Uh, so we've uh, launched an alumni network over the past eighteen months. And we've started a career connection opportunity. So we're connecting high school juniors and seniors into summer jobs in the industry so that they can see career path for them. I mean, it really is a uh, best way to summarize for our future. It's how do we leverage the connections that exist in the organization to further accelerate opportunities for our kids. And that's what nice. we're doing. Nice. Well, that's, that's superior, man. And yeah. I, I hope it goes well for the future. Um, I hope you can expand as much as you want. Do it as well as you can. I hope you're at the helm for the whole time. It's great. It's awesome. I can't wait to see it. Um, I Maybe one of these days I'll come out there and see it. Um, yeah, you have to. I would love to. And uh, maybe, you know what? I did want to travel some next season. I think we're going to do that. Um, so if anybody's looking to find you, like we've already showed SOS, Again, I should say it com correctly. SOSoutreach.org, not Correct. com, but dot org. Hey, we have both. So whatever gets out there. Oh, okay. And there you go. All right. So dot com, dot org, SOS Outreach. That's um, the social of a 28, a 28 year old organization. There wasn't any competition okay. for websites when you start. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so we have the websites, we have social media, I assume. Yep. Yep. So all SOS Outreach. Okay, cool. And then phone numbers, all that, all available on the website, in the phone book, if there's one that still exists. I don't know. Um, easy to find. Call them up. They'll help you out. Email them. They'll help you out. DM them, and they'll help you out. They'll get everything going. Um, and then all the information, again, is on sosoutreach.org. Go there, find your area, make sure everybody's going. And then, like Seth said, call them up. They'll point you in the right direction. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll get you plugged in wherever excellent yeah we'll get you plugged in excellent well i thought this was interesting dude i i love it i i think you're great we've had a good time we had a good time at all of fame night had a good time here man anything else you want to throw out there before i let you go uh just thanks thanks for the time here and thanks to everybody who uh, uh listened into this uh biggest thing that i uh, want to share is that y'all the opportunity to, to have a significant impact through something you're passionate about. And that can be 
just awareness, uh, getting involved in our social uh, or direct contributions of gear, time, dollars, uh, or direct contribution to our kids through mentoring or volunteering. Excellent. Give them a call, shout them out, whatever you can do. They'll appreciate the help. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate it. SOS Outreach, SOSoutreach.org. Seth Ehrlich, thank you, sir. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. And there you have it, everybody. Seth Ehrlich, dude, how fun is he? He's a lot of fun. Very passionate guy about what he does about, um, you know, mountain sports. Because, again, it's mountain sports in general, not just snow sports, but they do have summer programs. So there you go. SOSreoutreach.org. You see it scrolling across the bottom if you're watching on YouTube. It will be in the show description as a link um, on all other formats, all the audio-only formats. Don't look at it if you're driving. Wait till you you know get to where you're going then pull up the show description um so check that out if you would sosoutreach.org and he is as seth said sosoutreach.com you know they got them both so either one should work and get you to where you need to go and check them out again very informative very helpful they know their stuff they know what they're doing they understand um their um they understand their primary goals and they are focused on achieving those goals and they do it well. Um, so again, check out SOS outreach at SOSoutreach.org and then SOS outreach across social media. Right, right. Thank you again to Seth Ehrlich for doing that. And uh, we, he will be back. He's, he's a great interview, a lot of fun. Um, and he's going to bring someone with him so we can get some more insight into what it's like to be a um to to have gone through the program as a kid he's gonna bring someone with him next time but that won't be until september because ski rex media podcast is coming down to the close of the season and just like last year while ski rex media will still be up and operating across social media and written content i'd like to do more written content and uh i need some time to do that plus time to set up other things and get some stuff going over the summer so the podcast will be taking a break over the summer as i did last summer um but ski rex media will still be going but don't fret because i will be putting out my replays and other things during the summer i'll still be around of course and there might even be videos and photos and all kinds of stuff you never know what might show up but the podcast itself in a couple of weeks will be going quiet will be for summer hibernation and then we'll be back in september right right but thank you for joining me today i really do appreciate it um like i said follow subscribe rate um you can rate on apple podcasts which i've had five star ratings and you can rate on spotify now so check that out um rate review you can leave comments let me know send emails all every all the information you need to contact ski rex media is in the description check that out and i will see you on the next one thank you very much everybody for listening and watching hashtag watching i'll see you on the next one later